Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. We've been in this series. Don't forget right now, click it, share it, host a watch party, and get in the comments and say, let's go. We're ready to go. Look at Psalms 101, Psalms 100, verse 1, I should say. It says, Lift up a great, this has been our text for the whole series. Lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. And as you serve him, be glad and worship him. Sing your way into his presence with joy. Did you get that? Did you see that there? And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God. Man, ain't that the truth. It's a privilege to worship God. Stop looking at worship as a chore sometimes. It's a privilege that we even know this stuff. Amen. That's what I was talking about last week was presenting your body a living sacrifice is your holy, just, and reasonable service. It's our act of worship. Look what it says here. It says, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. We bring pleasure to God with our praise. But look what it says in verse 4. It says, you can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. That's been our series title, the password of praise. Well, we know that the password of praise is the key to release in our life. Praise is the ability for us to have the right password to enter into God's presence. That's what he said. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Got to keep thankfulness in our mouth. Come and bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. Man, I feel the spirit of God with that, right? Blessing the Lord. Are you saying, well, Pastor Chris, what is there to bless God about? Why in the world? Look, I want you to look at something in Psalm 77.3. We used this scripture a couple weeks ago. I want to reiterate this because I think this is so important. In Psalm 77.3, we got to be careful of this, saying what? I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. That's the problem. If we keep complaining, it says this, remember God, and I remembered God, and I was troubled, and I what? And I what? I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. If you complain, you're going to overwhelm yourself. Sometimes life doesn't overwhelm you. Your response to life overwhelms you. Life isn't overwhelming you. It's your response with the words of your mouth to what life is bringing you. Your words credit create an atmosphere that you live in. Your words create the world that you're living in right now. If you have a complaining heart, a complaining spirit, complaining mouth, and you're going to set an atmosphere around you that is not going to be conducive for the presence of God. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edification, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Look at verse 30. It says this, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. The words of your mouth can grieve God. The words of your mouth that don't line up with God's word, God has called an evil report. Look what this says. Whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Don't grieve the spirit of God or the Holy Spirit because of the words of your mouth. Anything that is contrary to the word of God 
that comes out of your mouth or my mouth, God considers to be an evil report. So it is important that me and you put this mind on us to think like-minded, to watch what's coming out of our mouth in the situations of life. It's as easy to say thank you and be grateful as it is to be ungrateful and complaining, but it's going to be a habit you form by understanding and thinking. That is where we left off last week, and I want to start there again. I want you to realize this. Number one thing I want you to start understanding is you're going to have to have the right thinking before thankfulness becomes a habit in your life. Write that down. Write that down. Click the comment. I got to think thankful thoughts. Come on. I got to think thankful thoughts. I could, you could call it like triple T. I don't know. You could run around. You know, the kids are always doing, you know, these, these, these things like, you know, it ain't okay no more. It's like you shoot when you, Basketball players, when they shoot a three, they all, right, they got the threes on the bottom like trips, right? I don't know. Get a, get a visual and just get it in your head. The triple T. I got to what? I got to be thinking thankful thoughts. I got to be thinking thankful thoughts. I got to be thinking thankful thoughts because if I don't think thankful thoughts, I am going to be stuck in the negative. Now, we're going we're gonna to see this thing because it's important. You know 2 Corinthians 10. You can go there. Let, let's pop that up there. Let them see that. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 and 4 is so powerful. And I, I want to look at something here so you can get an understanding of this. Because 2 Corinthians explains to cast down imaginations and high things. This is what we have to, the, the, world, the world is tough. Um, it's not easy. We need to use the tools to smash the, the, the messed up um, thoughts. But I want to look at it in the King James. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Y'all know this scripture, but I think it's important. You see a key element of truth here. And then I'm going to want you to look at this thing. And, and I'm going to show you this thing in the Passion Translation right after this. We'll be, we'll be prepping that up for you so you can see it. I want you to pull this in. But look at verse 4. Then we're going to read 3 and 4 in the Passion it reads a little clearer. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That is so important. The carnal mind, remember we left last week when we looked at Romans chapter 8. We said that the carnal mind is an enemy of God. Remember we read Romans 8, 1, 2, 3, 6, 7. We went all the way down. He said the carnal mind is an enemy against God. The mind who's not stayed on God thinks carnal thoughts. So let's just look at this and see this. And I think, man, you're going to love this. Man, this is going to speak to you. Look at, look, at, look at this thing, and you're going to see it as we can go. We can look at it in the King James. We can look at, we can look at it in um, the Passion. It's beautiful. For although we live in the natural realm, we do not wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Man, that's, that, that, that's, that's strong. Okay, because this is the thing. If you're not careful in using God's system, people will use manipulation to try to get their agenda across. Now, I'm not saying you, but you're going you're gonna to notice this with life. Like, you know, you try to manipulate the situation. You can't. Dangerous. Get into a playing field you don't need to. Use the system God gave you. Okay, instead of our spiritual weapons our spiritual, instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power 
to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. That is so strong. I want you to pull this in, okay? Spiritual weapons have been energized by the power of God. This is what he's trying to tell you. Use the system of God. It will override the system of the earth. Now, look what it says here, and that's three, four, and five. It kind of merges them all together. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude. Man, is that not good? That is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. See, that's what's happening. Your thinking is wrong, and then you get these wrong, and then your mouth goes wrong. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. That is strong. What does that mean? That means this, guys, just so you know. That means that if my thinking is right, the right thoughts, the right ideas, and the right suggestions arise, think, say, do, all that stuff of faith, the right thinking, the right ideas, the right, come on, you got to get this, where are, these, where are these ideas, thoughts, ideas, suggestions, reasonings, he calls these, and the Amplified Bible, he calls, you can maybe pop that up there, if you want to look at 2 Corinthians 10 and the Amplified, it reads really clear too, because I want you to get an understanding of this, this is what's coming at you, I didn't come here to be cute and all that, the Amplified Plus, look at what it says here, it says in, in verse 4, 3, 4 and 5, and, and we'll pull that up because I kind of, I'm kind of, this is all on the fly. So it's spirit led, you know what I mean? So we're doing really good. For we, this is the amplified, and I want you to see it. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying our warfare according to the flesh using human weapons. So you can't win this battle alone. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical, right? But look at verse five. In so much as we refute arguments in theories, in reasonings, and proud and lofty things. Now, he says, arguments. Now, what does that mean? Now, let me show you how this works, okay, in your life. You're walking through life. You, you have a bump in the road, and you're like, well, what do I got to praise God about? My life's not great. Here comes the argument against why your life is good. Well, God, you know, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know I should have been, I should have got a promotion by now. Argument. Theory. Well, I don't think it's like that. I don't think God's that, you know, intense about his word. Theories. Why is this happening to me? Reasonings. Reasonings. Oh, proud. Well, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not, why should I, why do I got to forgive? They should forgive. Why do, why do they got to forgive? I should, they, they should forgive me. I don't got to forgive them. Here they come. Here they come. Well, I, should, I should have been prospering by now. I've been giving for 10 years. Where's my arguments, theories, reasonings, prideful, lofty things against the truth? See what happens is, so now it's like, where's your praise? Your praise is out the window because your thinking's not right. Well, my, you know, look, man, you've been through loss. You've been through grief. You've been through pain. You've been through all these problems. And now you're like, 
Arguments right. Well, I don't, I, don't really feel, I don't really feel like praising God. That song didn't really do it for me. Half-hearted praise. Come on now, we all do it. I do it too. Like, God, what do I got? Being ready to punish these wrong thoughts. You see this? And this what I, So when we go to the, now, doesn't it make more sense now? You're going to have to have the right thinking before thankfulness becomes a habit. Because it isn't based on circumstances, it's based on position. That's where we went to Philippians 4.4 4 in the Amplified. That's where we left off, remember? So let's go back to Philippians 4.4 4 in the Amplified. Rejoice in the Lord. That's where we left off last week. I don't, I don't, I don't miss where we leave off. That's why I can carry on because I got a lot of information to give you. But doesn't that make a lot of sense? You know what I'm saying? You know, like we get, we get like we're mad, you know. I'm going to give God no glory, rejoice. Apostle Paul probably wrote this when he was in paradise. He was in prison. He's in prison and he's given you instruction how to, it was like Paul and Silas, right? They're in prison. They're like, well, we're going to give God praise. Are you crazy? I'd, I'd be giving God my resume. Like, look what I did. Why am I in prison? I've been good. I've been a good Christian. Whenever I got problems, I show God my resume. Right? I, I, I volunteer in the church. I mean, I never forget. <laughs> I never forget Brother Hagin talking about going to hell. He's like, I'm a member of the First Baptist Church. And he said, I'm going down. Down. <laughs> you want to watch a testimony, go watch it. It's like, I don't know what he calls it. But like, I went to hell or something like that. I don't know what he calls it. He calls it something like, we got the book somewhere in here. It's, it, him and Brother Norville, forget about it. Brother Norville's got the best book titles ever in the world. I, I've, 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 I've likened that. Brother Norville, uh, what's the title of your book? How the schoolboy lit the church on fire. <laughs> it's, Brother Norville's got these books, right? How to cast out devils. Oh my God. The, the cover of How to Cast Out Devils, the, the, the opening. I don't know why I think this stuff's so funny. But you know what I mean? Brother Norville, what's the cover, what's the cover of your book say? How, uh, how to Cast Out Devils. How, what's the, uh, the bio, the chapter headings, I should say? How the schoolboy tried to light the schoolhouse on fire. How, how, the, how the crazy demon-possessed person climbed a telephone pole. He's <laughs> this guy. And every time I think it is, right, I think of Brother Hagin too saying this, I'm going down, down, and it's getting darker and darker. And I'm a member of the First Baptist Church. I'm a member of the First Baptist Church. And he's going down, down, down. Don't we, don't we list the, the resume of our life? You know what I mean? We're late. We label life like, you know. We label life with these, with these life altars. Like, well, I'm a member of the church, God, and, you know, and I'm this, God, and, and this is my obstacle, God, and this is my circumstance, God, and here's, you know, here's my problem. Like, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're like, I got the kid. I, that might be my kid, the kid that's lighting the place on fire. I know what you're saying. We're labeled in these moments, and we try to achieve what God can do based upon performance, but God didn't say that. He said, listen, he said, rejoice in the Lord always, gladden yourself in him. Again, I say rejoice. How in the world are you going to be rejoicing going through this stuff? Easy, let all men perceive and recognize your unselfish considerateness of the Lord. Why? Because you cannot get anxiety or anxious about anything, but in every circumstance, with prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Thankfulness. Make your request known to God. So now watch this. Here's the key. 
Here's a key element. This is why I didn't jump off this last week real quick, okay? And God's peace shall be yours. Now watch this. The tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. See, your soul doesn't get all wild when you have, now watch the prerequisite. Prayer, thanksgiving, peace. You see it? Prayer, thanksgiving, thank him, thankfulness, peace. What about prayer but no thankfulness, no peace? What about thankfulness with no prayer, no peace? Just shouting is only going to last to the next shout. Prayer, petition, just a different form of prayer, thankfulness or thanksgiving. Come on, you see it? Thankfulness, peace. The tranquil state of the soul assured in your salvation. That's not just going to heaven. That means soteria, sozo, right? The God kind of life in the earth giving you strength over all the obstacles. Fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall be the garrison and mount guard of your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See that? So your heart and your mind, so your spirit and your soul is going to be connected because peace is going to be in the arena, the tranquil state of the soul. That means your soul isn't all over the place, but you got to use the only. For the rest, brethren, now watch what he says. I'm going to show you how to stay in that peace, man. Whatsoever is true, Whatsoever is, come on, guys, you know the scripture. Whatsoever is worthy, whatever is what? Honorable, seemly, just, pure, lovely, lovable, wisdom, graciousness. Come on, worthy of praise. Think, weigh, and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. He'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Practice what you've learned and practice what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me and model your way of living on it and the God of peace. Look at this. Untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. That sounds good, don't it? But here's the thing. You got to keep your mind stayed. Keeping right thinking will keep you thankful. It starts with the thinking before you're ever going to get the speaking and the doing. So these are the things. How do I develop it? I got to think. So write this down. Take away. Comment right now. I got to think right thoughts. Think right thoughts, right? We're going to add the thanksgiving. We're going to add the praise. We're going to add the prayer. So we got prayer. We got a prayer thankfulness, right? Then we got to keep our thoughts right. So we're going to pray, thanks, and have peace. But here's the thing. What do I got to do? Think thankful thoughts. Think thankful. So start filtering. Is this thought filled with thankfulness? Or is this an argument I need to reject, a theory I need to refuse, right? They're coming at you. 
They're coming at your mind because the enemy doesn't want you to see how good God is. Because if he can hinder you seeing how good God is, he's going to shut down the thankfulness. He's going to shut it down. And if he should, now I'm going to tell you right here, look, look, whosoever shall say, believe you receive when you pray. Come on, it's an element of faith. Your prayer with your thanksgiving. That's what Abraham taught us in Romans chapter four, right? He gave thanks to God. Okay, now remember this. Here's another one, right? This is good. These are the elements we're going to have to become. Here's another one. Remember, write this down. Let's just say number two, but I say two. Here we go, two. Remember, thankfulness is produced in the midst of tough circumstances. Thankfulness is produced in the midst of tough circumstances. Giving the thanks to God is a good habit. In fact, it's a habit we all need to automatically have, but here's the thing. Giving thanks to God, who's blessed us beyond measures, should be something we, we, we remember to do, something that we shouldn't have to be reminded to do, but thanksgiving is gonna be key, and thankfulness is gonna be key when we understand that this thing's gonna have to work even when it don't look great. And this is what I wanna talk to you about. This is so good, because, and they don't even look about, in the book of, of Habakkuk in a minute here, but I want you to see this before we get there. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, I want you to look at this in the amp we got it here. This is good because you got to understand something. You got to present, you got to do this. You're waiting for the circumstances to get good before you give God praise. You're in trouble. You know what I mean? If you're going to wait until you got smooth sailing to give God thanks, you ain't never going to see no smooth sailing. You have to learn in the midst of adversity to be thankful. Did you get that? In the midst of adversity, I'm going to be thankful. In the midst of the obstacles, I'm going to be thankful. In the midst of the problems of life, I'm going to be thankful. Thank you, Lord. People are going to be looking at you like, what in the world are you thanking God for in the middle of the mess you're in? Because he's going to get me through this thing. Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually, always. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly that God and thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. What? Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Why in the world am I thanking God? Now, I want you to see something here. We're going to look at James chapter 1. I'm going to add this in here in a minute, but I want you to see this. For this is the will of God for you who are what? In Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. Did you get that there? Thank God in everything. In James chapter 1, I want you to see this in a minute. James chapter 1, we could start with verse 3. I want you to see this, and we're going to go there. Then we're going to come back, and I'm going to show this. But did you see that? Thank God in every circumstance, no matter what. Well, how in the world am I going to thank God in every circumstance, even when I don't know what's going on? Look at this, right? You all know this. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. Now, I want you to read something here that's really, really cool. I want you to read verse 2. I want to look at it in there. It's a, can, what? Consider it joy. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, right? Now, look what it says. I want you to see this. We're going to look at it. 
and I want you to get a, count it all joy. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Come on, right? Is this, is this cool? Look at this at the Passion Translation, verse two. You can go there, you can go to any of them. Message, they all read so clear. It's, it's like almost like, well, I've been missing great opportunities. <laughs> How many feel like you've been squandering some pain? I've been missing some great opportunities to give God joy in the middle of this mess. Can we just take a praise break right now? Everybody say praise break. Everybody comment praise break, praise break, praise break. Come on, get ready. Get, I feel like TDJ. Get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> oh, thank you, Bishop. Amen. Ain't that true, though? Isn't that the truth? Look at this. It says here, my fellow believers. Yay, great. You know, you know you're getting set. My oh, thank you, beloved. Remember that one? Oh, beloved. Hello, beloved. I feel like my oh, God, I feel like punching the beloved. My fellow believers. When it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulty, see it as an invaluable opportunity. <laughs> it's like a miserable, this is like a miserable Hallmark card. Right? Right? Isn't this like the worst Hallmark card you well for when you know this, you know, it's like, oh my God, shut up. Don't you just feel like saying shut up? My fellow believers. Yeah, okay, James, why don't you just be quiet? Okay, you got to hang out with Jesus or something cool. You had something good happen. What is this? My fellow believers, you, just, you could just see this guy like show. Can you imagine this guy just shows up telling you this? Would you just be like, just be quiet. I don't want to hear your mouth right now. I'm walking through this mess, and you want to tell me this is a great opportunity, invaluable opportunity for me to learn something? Why don't you shut up? Come back next week. I don't want to hear this right now. But this is where you grow the best in the circumstances that seem to be almost out of control because that's where Thanksgiving keeps you connected to the promise of God when you can't see the promise of God that you've been working on. Look what this says. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the great joy that you can. What? For you know when faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And look at verse 4. And then... As your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. Hey, did you see that? Isn't that good? Now you got to understand, don't miss the moment. I'm telling you, isn't that strong? That's really strong. Don't miss the moment. I want you to look at, in the King James, I want you to look at this scripture in, Hab in, in Habakkuk 3.17. I just talked about this just recently. Look at Habakkuk 3.17. Although, <laughs> this is getting me going, man, because I know where I'm going. I'm, I'm messed up before I get there. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to bear with me. Pastor Chris, why are you laughing? I'm laughing because I know where I'm taking you. I'm taking you, I, I'm taking you on, on a magic carpet ride. <laughs> You don't know <laughs> what you can see. Why don't you come with me? We're going on a ride. Come on. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> this is a ride you don't want to be on. I'll tell you that. No, but I'm telling you with the things with God. Look at what Habakkuk says. 
he prophetically explained something. Although the fig tree shall not, listen to this, ne- this negative, uh, negative activity, but his continual praise. Listen to the attitude of this. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and now shall be no herds in the stalls. That's gloom. That's no increase. That's nothing's working right. Nothing's increasing. Nothing's happening like the word of God said it's supposed to be happening right now. Nothing worked out the way it was supposed to work out. Nothing happened the way they talked about it on the Hallmark card. This is not the Hallmark channel where everybody falls in love. Everybody works it out. This is not going good. Habakkuk says, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the salvation my God has given me. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places. To the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Are you seeing this? He's saying, look, even though it doesn't look like the field has yielded its harvest, even though it doesn't look like any of this stuff happened, I'm still going to have a yet praise. My God, that'll preach. Yet I will praise you. Number three, you've got to understand something. We talked about this, but this is so powerful last week. Thankfulness is an act of worship. I'm going to say this. Thankfulness is one of the foremost acts of worship you can give God. Expressing thanks is an integral part of worship for every believer. The Bible is filled with examples of individuals and people and corporate groups of church people that in the body of God that have given God glory. The psalmist David worshiped God with thanks for what he had already done and what he was going to do. And looking at the lives of Jesus, the Apostle Paul, men and women in the early church, we see a resounding thankfulness and they worship God through thanksgiving and thankfulness. Likewise, we also should adapt this attitude of the heart, whether it be an individual thanksgiving or thankfulness, or it should be in corporate thankfulness. We should start training ourselves to be the people of God who give him thanks. Because remember this, presenting your body is an act of worship. It's better than giving him lip service. That is so important. And you know we read that in, in Romans 12, 1, in the Amplified Bible, we read that. It was an act of worship. We know this, which is your reasonable act of worship. It is your what? Which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. Giving thanks? You better believe it. What? By the mercies of God, presenting your body a living sacrifice. When your body is presented a living sacrifice, your mouth is connected to thankfulness. Amen? You're not living by the circumstance or the situation. Where do you see that great? I'm going to show you where you see that greatly. It's Romans chapter 4. I think we should look at it. We've been talking about it. Romans chapter 4 is so, so profound in this. You know, God will cause those things that be not as though they were. Amen? But you know where I'm going. I want you to look at this in Romans 4, 17. You can read even 18. Watch, watch this. I love this. 
as it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations before whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. Not being weak in faith, considering now the deadness of Sarah's womb and the hundred-year-old body he had, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving God glory. Why do we use that scripture as often as we do when we look at this? Because we understand that strong faith gives praise and glory to God. Look, look at this in the Amplified Bible, Romans 4.20. It reads a little bit easier for you and I to understand what he's saying. After you see it, it's going to make great sense because we understand that Abraham glorified God through praise and worship. Abraham glorified God through praise and worship. Look what it says in there. And having given glory to God, my God in heaven. Look what he says. He was strong. He was strong in giving God glory. Look at this right here. I love this because I just want you to see it. Now, now watch. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. That's good right there. He didn't, no unbelief or distrust. Two of them coming together, right? When you start getting that going, what do you do? Was it ever going to happen? There's those reasonings. There's those theories. There's those things coming against the mind. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. Doubtingly questioned concerning God's promise. God's true. You know he's true. But how did he stay strong then? Because obviously doubts and distrust was coming and wavering was available. He, empowered, he was empowered by faith as he gave praise. What empowered his faith? That he stepped out, his praise kept, listen to me, guys, thankfulness, thanksgiving, praise, your worship keeps you connected to the promise of God while you're walking through the process in the earth. So important. I'm going to be processed by the earth while I'm going through the process. I keep myself connected to the promise by giving God glory, honor, and praise. And when I do... It empowers my faith to prosper. It keeps my faith strong. Strong faith gives glory to God. The mouth, the mouth is showing me where your faith is at. If your faith is slipping, your confession is slipping. I promise you it's true. Look at this right here. I'm going to leave you with another one because I want you to have this. I believe it's tremendous that you have an understanding of this. Thankfulness is an act of faith. Thankfulness is an act of faith. We've seen that right there. Thankfulness is an act of faith. You better believe it. Thankfulness is the release of faith. Expressing thanks is an act of faith because we would declare our belief that our present blessings came from God and our future existence comes from God. In our, in our in circles, we understand that we have to have this confession of faith coming out of our mouth through the element of thanksgiving. Continually giving thanks to God is one way to do this. Keeps my faith active. Write that down. You've seen it in Romans 4, 17. Giving God thanks. Continually giving thanks to God is a way that I keep my faith active. After faith has been released through belief, I keep it active by thanksgiving. We're also giving thanks because we believe that the future blessings of God we desired are on our way. This is real faith. 
Real faith is about thanking God ahead of time that his promises are coming to pass in our life. That's what real faith is. Thanksgiving, thankfulness is an element of faith, and it's real faith because it thanks God ahead of time of seeing what God said, and it actually helps materialize what faith said. That is so important. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Thankfulness keeps me connected to the things not seen in the earth that my faith is materializing. So when I'm saying thank you, even though I don't see it, I know it's materializing. Thank you keeps me, thank you keeps me connected to where the promise has taken me. Unbelief, lack of gratitude, that keeps me connected to what he cannot do, what he has not done. But when I stay connected to what I believe, I can do it. And I want to give you this last one. I think it's life-changing. Thank, thank, thankfulness is an act of love. Thankfulness is an act of love. When we are thankful to God, we are showing him. We love him and we trust him. Thankfulness can be one of the greatest ways we say I love you. True love doesn't take things for granted. When we love God, we don't take him or his blessings for granted. We then express our love and gratitude by giving him thanks. The spiritual side of giving God thanks is this. We start creating a habit of thanking God to show him not just our courtesy, but to show him in our thanks and our praise. It's an act of worship. It's an act of faith. And the best reason to offer God thanksgiving, thankfulness, praise, and worship is because we love him. When you love God, adoration is easy. The Bible says, if you love me, you'll obey me. Worship is not something we're choosing to do. Worship is something we were told to do. As we approach God and as we approach Thanksgiving, the natural holiday, and we take this time to be thankful to our God, let us be thankful for all the blessings God has poured upon us. And let us not forget to give thanks to God every day, each and every day. And when we do this, we will see circumstances of life change because we're living the lifestyle of thankfulness. Thankfulness will change the attitude and the altitude of what you see, what you feel, and what you can do. Remember, it's time to put thankfulness in faith and action. Here's a question I want to ask you. In Colossians 3.17 in the New King James, it's a little bit of a different spin. I, I think we could find it. It says, and whatsoever we do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. God commanded us to be thankful, both for our good and for his glory. There are practical ways we can cultivate gratitude. Now, here's something I want to ask you. Have you been in this month releasing gratitude to God, gratefulness to God? Have you taken some time to just make sure you've been working on being grateful, thankful with the words of your mouth. 
worship-filled, thinking upon these things, giving God glory. I want to I I challenge you, because we're almost, before you know it, we'll be, we'll be stepping next week, we'll be stepping into the holiday, we'll almost being, getting ready to focus on next month and the end of the year. But I want to ask you this. Have we been practicing and been practically finding ways to cultivate gratitude? Maybe it's as simple as writing a thank you note, expressing our appreciation for someone. Maybe it's time that we, we choose to express gratitude to someone. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your parent. Maybe whatever. Am I thankful? How about we start a, a gratitude list? A list of things. We should have been doing it. I've asked you the beginning of the series that we listed, and maybe, maybe this is just a refresher. What's my gratitude list look like? Today I'm grateful for. Today I'm really thankful for. Today I appreciate. Today I'm showing gratitude by thank God for everything in your life. Remember this. When I take an attitude of gratitude, my life changes on a brand new meaning. I wanted to read this to you. I don't have to understand everything going on in my life to still trust God about what he can do in my life. I think that's so important. I don't have to understand everything God's doing in my life to trust that he's going to produce his word in my life. That's up to me. It's not up to him. He said he'd do it. You just got to believe in seasons of life. You can't see them. Praising God in every season removes the inability for me to see the gratitude I should be giving God. Praising God in every season shows me and you the level of gratitude we can give no matter what's going on. Why? Because sometimes in life, we can get down in the dumps. Sometimes in life, we can get to the place. I want you to read this. One more scripture, I'm gonna let you go. Psalm 43 and five, in the King James, it says it like this. Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Man, why are you so cast down on my soul? Why are you so messed up? I got it. It's probably, I'll get it for you next week. I kind of threw it in there. Why are you so down in the dumps, dear soul? And why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. And I'm going to read that again to you. Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God, and soon I'll be praising again. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. Come on, guys. When you fix your eyes on God, You'll be praising again. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for each and every person out there. I love these guys. I cannot wait to see the transformation that takes place as you apply the word of God, you apply this truth to your life, and you allow God to move in the area of thankfulness. As thankfulness becomes not just an attitude for a season, it becomes an attitude for a lifetime. We're going to see God. Really do a work of grace in your life, allowing you to be thankful no matter what's going on in your life. And as we release these words of truth into your life, I pray they stay with you. 
May they quicken you. May they, may they almost tug on your heart when you want to lean to the other side. You're going to build a lifestyle of praise. You're going to open up the pathway, the pathways of praise to the password you've acquired. Your password is praise, and as you put it to work, it's going to open doors you couldn't believe. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, listen, guys, so excited for you. Now, listen, got a lot of stuff going on next week. We got a special Thanksgiving service coming for you. Me and Pastor Liz just want to do something, something sweet for you guys. It's going to be Thanksgiving Day. We're going to shoot it out there in the morning for you guys just to spend a little time for you. I'm excited about it. We're online, the, 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 of course, you know that. And then we got the one service on Sunday. Everything's online. Uh, in Sunday morning, one service, 1030, right here in the house. It's been powerful. We've been filling up. We're getting ready to maybe go to two services real soon um, because the house is filling back up. We're excited about that. We love you. Don't forget, click it, share it, watch party, get it out there. If you are sharing, that's because you are caring. We love you and we'll see you soon. God bless you and bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.